0: band of sheep moved over from the sheep range into the desert range and I shot it was like a small ram
1: how's a, a 13 year old find sheep I mean were you, we knew nothing really? no
2: I mean we like we just hiked in glass and hiked in glass <laughs> it'd be hard to appreciate it too being 13 you'd be, obviously you'd be jacked but you really don't know in a sense to soak it up and you never going to have it again oh no I knew you I'd did. been on like 5 sheep hunts before oh. so then
1: Man. <laughs> yeah. By the time you were 13. <laughs> yeah. With who? Your family? Yeah. Dad? Did you dad hunt? Yeah. He still hunt? Yeah. Oh yeah. You got brothers?
0: Yep. Two.
1: Two. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hmm. So we're hot.
0: Always. All right. Getting hot. Is this good? There you. You
1: can set back. You it. can do whatever you want. Oh, okay. It's these. Doing. These are kind yeah. of weird couches. Yeah. This is yeah. one of those things. Like we last year we did uh, we did podcasts in the expo. <laughs> And we had people out front, like right in front of this big door, and they were like calling geese, you know, practicing yeah. for the competition and stuff. So it was like all day. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It was Cody getting up and going out in the front door, and those guys were pissed because they There's, were like, where am I supposed to practice? And we were like... Practice in your truck. Practice outside. Like, <laughs> Yeah, the whole... But here. The whole... Every podcast, you go back and listen to those. It's just, you know, geese and ducks in the background. Guys mm. bugling up, which is kind of nice. Adds Add some ambiance to it, right? Um, but yeah, this year we decided We'll just do this little Airbnb across the street. Yeah, and for the most nice. part, it worked out pretty good. Other than the couch is super deep. Yeah. Who We had, we had somebody on yesterday, short short guy. He was, like, oh, all gosh. the way back. Charles.
2: <laughs> yeah, Charles, all the way back. My apologies. <laughs> I did feel bad for him. Look <laughs> looked like a little <laughs> hobbit.
1: <Whoa. laughs> we have this guy that works for us, Adam, and he's a short guy. That was my first thought when I walked in here. I was like, that guy would be, like, all the way to the back, and his feet would <laughs> be, like, right off the edge. But... Thanks for thanks for popping by and making time for us.
0: Yeah, of course, man.
1: You, uh, I think we hit up Nico. Is that your Nico? Yeah, yeah. Partner, work for, work with you for yeah.
0: you. Yeah, he works for me.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, we hit him up and he's like, "Oh yeah, we'll make it work." So.
2: Yeah, perfect. Hey, Trail told me earlier you have a booth here. I was like, "Huh?" Yeah, I'm, I was blown away. Did you not got to check it out, man. You stop you got, over.
1: Is this first year you had a booth here?
0: Yeah. Yep, yeah, we did one at Wild Sheep just to figure it out, which was good because we'd be so. Just lost it's
1: yeah here, like that was tra- have, traffic yesterday looked pretty up
0: yeah it was <laughs> yeah it's a lot of
2: talking was a lot of talking and here we are talking again you're looking forward to today though
1: what you're looking forward to today though oh, a, full, yeah. a full day
0: dude i feel like hung over and i have had zero alcohol <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> just like did what? you go out
1: last night no no yeah. No. These guys have been going hard in the paint both of them. They first night, I think what did you guys get back? 1 130?
2: One Where do you go? Uh Gracies and then uh yeah. what's the place next to here? Yeah, the Lake Effect. Yeah.
1: I'd been asleep for like 5 hours by the time they got home and then you know, got up and got going and then
2: last night you got home what, midnight? Yeah, it was a little earlier last night. Yeah, man, I, just I, got can't, bored. I can't
1: do both. You get Brady's and a champ at that. Somehow yeah. he
2: gets up <clears> on <throat> well, night owl. So I'm no- normally used to staying up super late, and then the morning I'm with a little bit. But when you wake up and you got dad trail over here making oh, making yeah, breakfast, and, <laughs> and stuff, I'm like, "Dang, trail!" Like I want to come and hang out with you. Yeah, She's you like, like "Kids are spoiled. if You can make them breakfast every day like this."
1: My my day to day life, I've never really put much thought into you know because I've just done it forever. My oldest is eighteen. And, uh, but when I'm around, you know, guys like you, I'm like, I'm old, man. Like I'm, I'm legit full on dad mode,
2: but no, that was great. Waking up to the crackling of bacon this morning <laughs> Then the trail made all the alarms go off for a while. We couldn't yeah. figure out the smoke detector. We had open all the doors and windows and yeah, tried try to burn <laughs> the place down. A little smoky. Do you have a good year this year? Look looked like,
0: Oh yeah, I had a great year. It was awesome. Um, I mean, I don't know. It was one of those years that like on paper. I had the best season I would probably, probably will ever have in my life on paper. Like the best tag, like just good tags. And I struggled this year in a lot of ways. Like, and even though I had like a good, like a good season, I'd say it was just like a lot harder than a lot of seasons. Um, particularly for mule deer. I don't know. It was just,
1: yeah. Tough year.
0: Yeah. Tough year for mule deer. I think mule sure. deer are just tough anyway
1: right yeah. now across everywhere. Seems like, mm-hmm. but do you feel like, uh, so, like, I've had years like that, too, where it feels like I've hung the moon as far as, like, opportunities and tags. Yep. And it feels like years like that, I struggle. I've struggled.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, well, I have, like, a, a limited draw sheep tag in the Chugach uh, in Alaska. Great area. Hunted my ass off, like, very, very, I mean, I'm just not going to go easy, right? Yeah, like, I mean, you have a sheep you're tag. you like, it's a sheep tag. Ass, I'm going to yeah. give it. Yeah, I just, like, about near gave it everything you got and could not turn up a legal ram. Um, But we saw, like, just giants, too, which were just not legal. Like, because that area has good genetics. So it was, like, big bases. Probably saw one that was, I would say, close to Boone and Crockett and not legal.
1: Just age class?
0: Yeah. Too young.
1: So... And not full curl. Really? And not full Hmm. curl?
0: No, but, like, 39 inches.
1: Is that because he's broomed off
0: or...? No. Because if was broomed out and hammered him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Huh.
2: Yep.
1: And then you drew a desert tag.
2: Yep. I drew a desert tag. And this is the first time I've seen you since we went scouting. Yeah. This summer. And that was uh, hot. It that was, was, that was very brutal, hot. <laughs> yeah. <day> of scouting. <laughs> Did you guys go out for a day together? Yeah. Yeah. My body was like almost bonking. I was like, I just need way more water and salt. And you know. I think you're on some medication too. That you oh yeah. That's right. to I, I got back from the spring sun. bear hunting and I was on like the tick medication. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're right. Cause I had a buddy that was on that same medication and, uh, we were out sheep hunting as well, and the sun just he he looked That's it. Yeah, he looked exactly it. like you did, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I've seen this once before. Yeah. Now that was before. You
2: remind me, it did say on there: <laughs> prolonged exposure to sunlight not advised. Yeah. I literally said that on the pill box, and then then I go out with Remy, and it's just desert everywhere and
0: hot and sunny and my plan was i was like we're gonna go set this trail camera and we're gonna do it like mid-morning when it's or like early morning when it's cool and then it was like what 10 a.m and i'm like let's go do a seven mile
2: yeah let's just go as far (laughs) as we can at 100 degree temperatures it was so hot (laughs)
1: Pretty bonked. I love that. Yeah.
2: Those, those pills were nasty. Like I, I, was, I was getting yeah. headaches and then something. Then the I totally forgot about the pill. Yeah, I was like, man. you didn't so remind me. I was like, is he going to die? Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> I just wanted to sit in my truck and just like not. For he's like, like, you're supposed to be here helping. I'm
1: not supposed to have to pack you out on a backpack yeah. on the way out. Yeah. How many days scouting did you put into that?
0: Um, not as many as I, I would have liked. Uh, it was very hard to scout, though, because I didn't have a boat when I was scouting. And it was like. In the heat, I think all the, the sheep were toward the lake, right? And so I was like, "Well, I'm going to have to figure it out when I get down there." You know?
1: Do mm. you uh, g- give us a recap? We you did a hunt film for it, right? Launched yep. as part of the proving grounds with Matthews. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So went down. I mean, <laughs> this is this kind of sums up my season of like. That's
1: this stuff. Is why I, this is why I ask. Yeah, I know yeah. where this is going. This is a leading. You, a leading you know question.
0: when st- like just shit goes wrong? Yeah, <laughs> it's like. Like, my buddy, just we just always talk about, like, trying to avoid Murphy. You know, it's like, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. And, it like, I'm very successful hunting, but, like, a lot of shit often goes wrong (laughs) before that happens or whatever. And I try to mitigate that as much as possible. But day one, we, like, are hiking in from the high. So, oh, so it starts off, it's, like, one little, I mean, because some of the stuff in the video, you don't know the whole backstory. Yeah. Like, why that actually happened, because I'm not going to, like, you know, I guess we could have made, like, a six hour film and explained everything, but people probably tune out. <laughs> um, but like, <clears throat> okay. So one of my guys, Chris was driving down from Montana to film and his truck had broken down the week before. So he takes his truck into the shop and it's not going to be ready to drive down. So I have an old Chevy avalanche and I'm like, dude, just take the avalanche down. So he's <laughs> like, okay, will it make it? And I'm like, it should,
1: <laughs> It, it might. right? But I'm
0: like, it's going to make it further than your vehicle. Hindsight probably should have just rented a car, but he had to tow a boat down. So he's telling, we, we got to borrow this jet boat, which is like a super high performance jet boat. Um, because my dad had a boat and he was going to meet us, but it was like, we're thinking, Oh, if we're filming from a boat, you can't like, it'd be better to film a boat from a boat. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even split up or whatever. We didn't know maybe we'll be on one side, whatever. So there's like water access on one part of the unit. One road, and it's essentially like no roads the mm-hmm. entire thing. So it's a very perfect. I like that. Like, there's a lot of roadless area. So he's driving down like the day before, breaks down in Saint George, Utah. It's like, dude, I'm broken down, and it's gonna be. It was like Saturday night. You I should think. have called, like
1: man. I, mean, I live right there, <sighs>
0: dude. Well, we were like trying to rack our brain, like who <laughs> lives in St- so. Anyways, he gets a hold of someone who had a friend that had a mechanic shop and the guy like ripped over, towed him and cause he needed someone that could tow yep. a truck and a boat too. And towed him in, fixed it. And so he ended up getting back on the road that night and opening morning was the next morning. So we were already down there scouting. And so he's like, calls me and in the, the boat needs, what is it? Like ninety like 90 or higher octane fuel like you can't put regular fuel in it right because basically race fuel right and he's race fuel yeah so he needs jet fuel so it's a jet boat boat. you need jet Jet fuel fuel. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so he comes in and i'm like it's like probably i don't even know 10 or 11 p.m and he's like he's driving and that stretch to where he was going there is nothing Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So he goes through one town and they don't have that fuel. So he's yeah, like, "What well, should?" Do. When he, he, I don't know what his philosophy was, but he's like towing the boat with no fuel in it. It's empty, yeah, for the most part. And Trying so save on save mileage, on, yeah. But, but I'm like, all that weight in the boat. Okay, all the weight. I'm like, okay, doing the math, it'd be 150 pounds. So like one small person sitting in there, right? <laughs> Good. You know, yeah. like, Not really I think a small person could ride in there? Right? It's like, doesn't matter, right? <laughs> but it doesn't matter either way. So. Parks it and I'm like, so he calls me and I'm like, I he's like, where can I go? And he would have had to drive another hour and a half. And I'm like, dude, just get here. We aren't going to use the boat tomorrow, anyways. My dad's got a boat. So we get there. He gets in like, I don't know, three in the morning. We're getting up at four, kind of deal. You <laughs> yeah. know. Get up. We go, we hike, we decide to do our hike in, and we hike and we end up hiking like, I don't know, 10 miles or something to the lake. So we're like, okay, we and it's evening time, we wanted to hunt around this area. So I call my brother and I'm like, Hey, can you guys just pick us up at the lake in dad's boat so we can, so we don't have to like hike 10 miles back in the dark. Cause it makes no sense to hike 10 miles in the dark. We're already here. We can get picked up. So they're like, yep, sweet. They go to get me in his boat his boat had broken down my dad's <laughs> boat so they're like Gosh. so they're like okay my is like audible just grab the jet boat there's a jet boat here this sounds great is he
1: on the lake when it breaks down or is um, he like
0: no i think he like couldn't get it started for like, oh gotcha yeah so they were like backing in something like <laughs> i'm like that, wrong. that yeah, yeah that
1: could have been a whole other no so i don't think movement. you gonna like
0: break down on that lake. <laughs> no <laughs> so <laughs> he gets the jet boat he's driving he's never driven a jet boat. there's fuel in it so he's like going those things burn some fuel when you put the hammer down. And he was like, let's see what this performance baby can do. Oh. <laughs> and he gets to us and he's like, I went through some fuel. He's like, <laughs> picks me up. He's like, we aren't going to make it back. Because we <laughs> thought it was like, uh, somehow, I don't know. We thought it was like three miles. or like 30 miles, 20 or 23 miles. So, um, yeah. So, we ended up parking the boat and then hiking. like
1: All the way back in the dark. Yeah.
0: Which was like another... I don't know, 10. So it was, we did like a 20-mile day no matter what.
1: That was opening day.
0: <laughs> opening day. And then by the time we hiked back, you know, it was late, early in the morning. Yeah. And then we had to go back and fuel the boat up in the morning. So we got, brought cans back down the next day. And, mm. and then so that kind of ate up some of that.
1: You see some sheep that day?
0: That day we did. We found a, a good ram because we decided to hunt off the lake. Found a big ram, hunted that ram, um, lost him got in on him it was kind of like we kind of bumped the ram surprised him so i was like all right that ram kind of like that whole event led us to a good spot then we started chasing that ram next day we went back in found that ram again hunted that ram and then you know i've actually talked about this on my podcast so you know it doesn't matter i don't mind like talking shit about myself but uh i uh there's one thing that i've uh, like you know when you say something and you like, yeah. I've had a friend that was telling me a story and he like accidentally shot the wrong ram and he knows sheep pretty well. And I was like, how could you do that? Like, I just cannot <laughs> see that ever happen. Like, I was like, there's no way I would ever shoot the wrong ram. Have
1: you ever shot the wrong buck, the wrong bull, anything no. like that ever? No. you never done that? It no. stings. I've
0: shot the um, wrong buck before. Yeah, I've done it I, I time. I never have. Well, I mean, there was one time where I intentionally shot a different one and then... As soon as that one fell, like the bigger buck came yeah. out, but I thought that he had escaped. So like, yep. it wasn't, I didn't, I knew which, which one I was shooting at, but right. I've had, that's the only thing. So, and I, and I've guided people that have shot the wrong one. Um, actually I actually had a guy <laughs> guiding, it was like a nice six point bull, like for a general area, great bull, and he shot a cow. <laughs> no. Uh,
1: <laughs> and ouch. It,
0: luckily, luckily, it was. There was you used to be able to shoot a, a brown time bull or a cow, but it was on a quota. The quota had been met, but there was a 24-hour grace period, and he killed it within the 24-hour oh, grace wow. period. Oh, been that would, have, that would have been a double oh, stinger. Oh, yeah. That yeah. would have sucked.
1: Yeah, you shot a cow, and now here's a citation. Oh.
0: Yeah. yeah, That one would have stung. Yeah, so anyways, I uh, that's in my head, and I was just... I don't know why. <laughs> and I was actually, before the hunt, thinking about that, I'm like, I got to make sure I don't shoot the wrong ram. Like, just... <laughs> I don't know.
1: I feel like that would be a lot easier when it comes to sheep. And I mean, you don't want to. You definitely don't want to shoot the wrong sheep because you wait no. so long for those opportunities. But I mean, to some, my I've never hunted sheep, so yeah. I feel like it'd be a lot easier. I don't look a lot of them. You know what I mean. So yeah. the difference between a big one and you know a, a good one to it's me would be apparent. yeah, would be pretty hard.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it is pretty apparent. But there's a thing that happens with sheep where you get these mini heads where they're just like their bodies are tiny they're very proportional right and i mean the score on a sheep is all about the base yep right so all about that base all, all about, about the- that base and there's certain <laughs> units that have like some of like some good rams but there's certain units that have like a genetic disposition for extra small bases right so with that knowledge yeah. you know <laughs> uh, I, I so i spot we end up like ch- like the sheep are just constantly moving up and down is, like, really rough, broken country. So we were constantly getting, like, close but not close enough. Rams around the corner, and there was two good Rams that I would have shot, like the one that we have been chasing, and then another one was coming up from the bottom that was, like, equally as good.
1: Are they bachelored up um, that time of year? Like, no, no, they were,
0: they were pushing ewes, and then they were just doing all kinds of weird stuff. Pushing ewes, getting mm. crazy, just then loners, then running around moving around yeah they're just doing sheep stuff <laughs> and uh yeah so go around the corner and <clears throat> we're we're just about to where that ram was and then out from underneath our feet blows out like this giant group of sheep bunch of ewes bunch of rams whatever and it's 81 yards and i'm like immediately just go to the range finder range ram because like with my naked eye I go there's there's a big ram. Mm-hmm. He's standing next to two other rams. He dwarfs the two other rams. He's got the shape of the big ram. Mm-hmm. Like he's got everything is
1: big Dad, ram. No. Yeah.
0: And I and I'm like, and I had I could have killed a big ram a couple days ago, but it was like too much in the range, like Bino like the whole Binos range, yep. whatever. I'm like, nope, I'm not gonna make that like hiking in. I told myself I'm not going to make that like if I have a split second, I'm going to be a full draw and send it. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not going to do that Mm -hmm. because it just kept being split second, split second, split second. So I was like, I never looked with my, had I just thrown up my binos Mm -hmm. immediately known like small base Ram. Mm -hmm. Don't throw up my binos, just range finder, full draw, focusing on the shot, shoot the Ram. And even even when I look back at the video, I'm like, it looks like a good, yeah. like it looks, yeah, nothing wrong with Ram. It had abnormally <laughs> tiny bases, but it was very proportional to its body. Like I walked up on it as the smallest body desert I've ever seen. Oh, wow, It was just a mini, yeah. mini head. Everything about it was tiny, but proportional. So it like, and then it was standing next to two other Rams that yeah. were like clearly s- smaller. smaller. Yeah, so so he it was bigger. like 20 inches bigger than the two rams around it, which was the exact same, had the same shape as that other big ram that was in that, gr- that group. Mm-hmm. And that uh, the big ram that ended up being in there ended up running out. Like, but he was like in the bottom of the canyon further down. So he never made it up with that group. Right. And yeah, I mean, I shot a, a, a nice ram with my bow. Like I really wanted to get a desert with my bow, but also like it was the most fun hunt I'd ever been on. And it was a little bit of, like let major letdown because let I just didn't really want that hunt to end, to be honest. Like yep. yeah. I had that was the, like actually there's very, I mean, I, I used to, most of my hunts I used to just be able to hunt as long as I wanted and that's like, not necessarily the case anymore in that hunt I had cleared the schedule like I had plenty of time like there was so many days you left. know so
1: how, how do you <laughs> feel looking back on that now do you feel slighted a little bit do you feel differently oh, just, about that experience
0: I mean a little disappointed myself yeah you know like but I mean it's like you all make mistakes but also it's like You can call... There's not a lot of things... I don't really call things like a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but they are, (laughs) (laughs) you know. You never know, though. Like, maybe just draw... I think if I drew... I think if I drew, like, a silver state tag or something, I would probably go hunt there again (laughs) because I just had so much fun. Right. And there's a lot of other good places, right? But just... There's just a lot of fun involved.
1: You've hunted all over and you've hunted a lot. You've killed a lot of animals. Like, sounds to me like, do you still get pretty excited? Like in that moment, were you? Um,
0: no. I, well, yeah. I mean, I get excited, but it wasn't like
1: it wasn't. You made it, was, the mis- it, wasn't, it wasn't like a mistake a, you made due to like no. It wasn't like over, a buck fever yeah, kind right. of thing.
0: No, because I mean, I was in in a way like I really I was putting a lot of emphasis on because I generally when I'm filming or something like you know I shoot my bow a lot, but I generally try to shoot everything with my bow at 40 yards or less right. when I'm filming, especially. And so I'm like, here's I, the thing about the reason I took that shot. is like, I felt confident with my shooting for sure. Mm-hmm. And I also know with sheep, they, aren't, they don't, I've never seen a sheep jump the string. Yeah. You know, or, or jump it enough to mm-hmm. dodge an arrow. Interesting. Um, so like they kind of stand there and take it. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, the, those, the combination of those two things. But I kind of like focused in on like, I went from there he is. I want to say like, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm pretty, like, I, I think if I is excited, like, I got to, like, I get focused on that, like, shot. Yeah, will, you, get, like, you get in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I will, like, I kind of, I, not to, like, brag on myself, but, like, I think, like, I'm a much better shot on game animals than even targets in the backyard. And that's just always been consistently true because I get, like, in this kill mindset and I'm mm-hmm. so focused on that shot that, like, I... If I could shoot at targets, like I shoot at animals, yeah. I'd be, a, I'd probably go into tournament archery, but I just can't like, yeah. it's just a weird thing. Like I, and that is a very fortunate for, I've had a lot of success because of that, right? Like, yep. cause I think that that's in the crunch time, like for the sure. difference between success and not, is that where that arrow goes. And so I kind of just have trained myself like that's, I put so much emphasis on that shot that I, am able to control the other stuff. Yeah. I'll get really excited after the shot, but yeah. during the shot, I really try to Zone laser in. focus, you know, <laughs> because it's just so, it's so freaking important.
1: Yeah. I've only done this one yeah. time ever. I shot, I jumped a buck. He's like a, probably 185 inch, like main for, just mainframe four point. I had, it was general season deer tag in Utah. I was muzzleloader hunting, and I had probably a foot and a half of snow. Like, did dump just like perfect, you know, into September, like early snowstorm. Yeah, I jumped this buck. He was with two other bucks, and I knew I knew what the little group was. But I jumped them, and they went up and over and into this next little ravine. So I just stayed on tracks. I popped up over and sat down, got my glass and pad, and I ended up picking up the group right. So I'm like looking at him. I'm like, okay, big buck, and I think there was a two point and a three point. <laughs> I'm like, okay, look the whole area over. I'm like, yep, that's what's there. I watched him kind of go into this little clump in bed. So I made a loop, got the wind, come down the backside, and I'm sneaking down through there, and I'm like looking along, and I knew that he was the only four-point, the only back fork buck, right, yeah. in that group. So I'm sneaking in, antlers, arrange him. He's like 35 yards, right, and back fork. I'm like, There's only one buck that's a back fork. It's got back forks, right? So I'm just going to wait for him to stand up. And that was me. I I got so focused in the moment. As soon as that buck... He he wasn't even... You know how a, buck, a deer stands up, right? Yeah. yeah? So you can kind of see him coming up. You can picture it. He comes up. And I'm like, I let him have it and just pound him. And it's <laughs> six other bucks blow out of there. Like there were already bucks bedded in that little patch. Like no, I'd never yeah. even picked up. That was the smallest buck other than a two point <laughs> of that entire group. All, every, all the others were like 170s, couple like 180 class bucks. Mm-hmm. And like I just had to watch him go up and over the ridge. Oh. And, yeah, I just I pounded this little back fork three point. Just the <laughs> ugliest buck in the world. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was all alone, and I was just like, "How did I do that?" But I think you're right. I, I got same thing. It was just pure focus. I was just yeah. like, "That's the buck. He's right there. I'm in the zone. I'm gonna let him have it as soon as he stands up." So as soon as and, he and starts-
2: even like most of the time, if you actually pull your binos up and then it runs away, and that was the way when you like, man, why didn't just do my rangefinder, draw back and shoot the thing? Yeah, like you kind of did the right thing, yeah. but yeah. It just happened to be. A, yeah, different looking around that totally duped you yep
0: and with your naked eye too it was like a distance that you just couldn't you couldn't process and you think like i mean yeah my rangefinders magnified but i was not looking at as i was looking yeah at i was going on getting like i gotta get a range and <laughs> yeah. i gotta get drawn i got yeah. i still gotta set a pin and draw back and like have time to make a good shot you know, and I'm thinking I'm already going through my shot process. Like the range was just incidental to the shot process, right? right? Like I was, it was hammer time, but. <laughs> that
1: was a cool film. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm. And, and and honestly, like, I mean, it was, uh, it was the most, I would, I could actually say that that was the most fun hunt I've ever been on. I mm. think, yeah, you know, I, I think that that was.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And I just like, you know, but also you don't want to, I don't want to taint the memory of that hunt based off the outcome. Like yeah we all want the big ram right but damn was that a fun hunt yeah. And and the most depressing part was that it was over i yeah. think for me like it was just a bummer that it was over because i was having too much fun yep you know it's like it, yep. it wouldn't have even matter if i killed the big ram i think i would have felt the same way sure because i put a lot of emphasis on you know i mean i i just had been dreaming about shooting a desert with a bow for a very long time and just the you know now the dream's over really yeah. you like, never never accomplished gone. it yeah it's like yeah. weird I think it wouldn't matter what ram I shot I think that there there would have been a little bit of sadness for the hunt being over I know there would have
1: yeah yeah isn't that yeah. weird like the progression I was talking to a guy yesterday <laughs> and we were talking about making shots with a bow on animals and if you shoot enough animals with a bow you've got shots that you have complete control of the shot. Yeah. You, I mean, you've got the pen buried, the arrow hits right behind the pen, it breaks exactly like you want it to. And there's like this level of satisfaction with that that you feel. And, and I've killed a, I've killed a bunch of animals where I just whacked the trigger and I wasn't controlled, I wasn't like composed in the moment and I, I still killed the animal, but I feel yeah. differently about the two different experiences. It's like I feel more accomplished, more satisfied with the animal that I killed where I had my shit together. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. It's funny. And, yeah, I think, you like, as hunters, you kind of go through that progression. Like, as a kid, you just want to get anything, right? You, you, any success. Like, if you kill the animal, you did it. But now I look back on a whole hunt, and I'm like, I feel, I feel certain senses of satisfaction about different aspects of the hunt, including mm-hmm. even just the shot.
0: Yep. Yeah, for sure.
1: You know? It's, it's interesting how you have like that progression as a hunter and there's all those little intricacies and details of the hunt that can kind of like leave you super satisfied or just like, yeah, "Yeah, I wish that would have (laughs) went differently.
0: I will say, I think like out of any animal though, the one that gets in my head, like during the shot, like I pretty try to get that control process, but big mule deer messes me up in the head. That's where I I think for me, the biggest, the hardest thing to hit in the world is a Big mule deer buck. I don't know what it is, but like that's the one thing that I still get buck fever Especially on. Like, the dude, I, there's just something about stalking in on a mule deer, and the like. I, I've been on a lot of awesome hunts, and like big elk are cool, but like when if I am stalking a big <laughs> mule deer buck with my bow, adrenaline is the like. That's the time. Like, it, if I'm going to mess up on something, it's going to be a, a me, mule deer buck. Me and, like, too. It's just, it, it doesn't matter. Like,
2: so stealthy, get, you're sneaking uh, in, like, you're not making much noise with, like, stalking it on an elk. But do like, you think it's
1: because you like that animal more, or you appreciate oh. it, or do you think it's because, of, do you think it's because of just that animal's senses, like, their ability? This is, like, an uncanny knack that big mule deer have of evading hunters. Yeah.
0: Like, I I think that it's a lot of, th- I think, I mean, I think I like them so much because I just know in my opinion a big mule deer buck especially with a bow is the hardest thing in north america to kill i mean maybe like i haven't i've only been on one stone sheep hunt and i didn't even see a legal one so that's kind of like another thing in my mind that makes me
1: that's on the buck yeah, list. yeah but like
0: i've hunted a lot of mule deer and how many times you can't even find a good buck or and then when you do find one you know it's like this is a very rare opportunity and then you know how hard it is to sneak in on them and then you know like all that stuff, and I think that that adds to it. But also, I like if I was just—I mean, I can remember one hunt where I'm just like walking a ridge, and a big buck jumps out and stops within bow range, and I just lost my shit, like, <laughs> just like because you just was completely unexpected. So, so a lot of times it's that sneaking in and that anticipation, uh-huh. yeah. right? Like you're just putting you're just, you just getting in your head so much. That's Whereas I, I don't do that is. with anything else. Yeah. I don't know.
1: But I think before I put a stock on a big mule deer buck, I'm already 50% of the way, talked myself like this isn't going to work, <laughs> like, which is not an attitude that you need to have. <laughs> no. But I never, I don't feel that way with elk. I always feel like I'm going to kill the elk, you know, yeah. but a mule deer, especially a big buck, I'm just like, this isn't going to work, but I'm going to go try it. And I feel like I treat this stock differently because I've already kind of talked myself out of the the likelihood of success, you know? Yeah
0: or the one that gets me is like, I have a, like, I'm being super patient. I got a buck in a position that's so killable. And in my head, I'm already taking a field photo with him. (laughs) And then you (laughs) get halfway over there. You get halfway over there and one little rock rolls out from under your foot. And then it just goes to, Mm -hmm. it just, Goes to shit and you just like, you know, like is that, oh like panic mode or something I don't know.
2: No, it's the worst feeling ever. It
0: is the worst. That is a very <laughs> real thing. And, and everybody
1: I've talked to ever has, has especially when you get within range. You're there, the bucks betted. Everybody's already like, Does, I'm taking filled photos. Yeah, and you it seems wait. like it seems like more often than not they still get away.
0: Yep so bad that's the worst i think that's like no animal does that more than a mule deer yeah so i don't know that's why that's why for me it's just i that's why i love hunting them too because i get that excitement that i don't get with anything else particularly
1: that's awesome yeah that's cool so it's fun to talk to somebody that's hunted a lot of places like yourself and killed a lot of animals to to know that like it's still a big mule deer buck that gets you going
0: yeah so hard yeah so
1: hard they're hard to
0: turn up too they are hard to turn up that's what i mean like this year this year it was just unfortunate because i I was planning like last year i'm like okay next year i'm just gonna focus on good meal deer and i'm gonna Mm -hmm. you know and it was just a shit year for good meal deer for me i had, i had that's why i said on paper i had the best i had two great deer tags and never saw a mature buck Mm -hmm. something that i thought was a what I was looking and I think probably, I don't know if they're all, all dead. <laughs> I don't think they were because I actually had seen some early season scouting, mm-hmm. but I, they just were not in my unit when I was there. I just, I put in, I don't know how many, I mean, I, I put in a lot. I mean, not a lot. I probably put in 30 days mule deer hunting and never turned up a, like a mature buck this year. It's
1: a lot of days. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? And, yeah.
0: and then not only that, but like even where we guide, like in an area that like, it just seemed like this year the deer didn't rut. It was like young deer controlling does. Yeah. I never saw mature bucks. And and the thing was, is we knew that those deer were, there were good deer there because we, they weren't dead because I'd seen them in August. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what I can't never seen a year like it. Like yeah. I just, mm. I don't know. I have some hypotheses, but it's not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I'm curious is uh, like in regards to mule deer, how do you, I mean, how do you turn up a buck like that? Like, is it just time and effort? Is it is uh, it looking at the right unit? I mean, how do you, how do you attack that? Like if your goal is to try to kill, you know, best buck of your life, let's say, Yeah. like what uh, is it tag strategy first and foremost, and then scouting and scouting, like what, what are you looking for?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of things. I mean, I have two philosophies. So I've killed deer in both ways. One is tag strategy, getting a good really tag. good tags. And, mm-hmm. and knowing that like there's potential, like you have to have the potential for those deer, right? And it's age, genetics, and feed. Yeah. We- now my, so like tag strategy is one, but then on the flip side, there's a, a hunt that I do for meal deer every year. And it has genetic potential. It has, but it's like, very low densities of deer. Mm-hmm. So, and because of that, you don't get the hunter pressure. So you can get the age. So it has genetic potential and you can get mm-hmm. the age, but I do that hunt where I used to, I try to do that hunt nearly every year and I might go three years without seeing a deer. Right. But on year four or five, I shoot a deer that's better than anything I could shoot in a draw area. Do you no. feel
1: like, We've talked about this, but do you <clears throat> feel like, so I feel like elk across the West. I feel like the quality generally speaking i feel like the quality of bull that you're gonna hunt is a pretty good reflection of the number of points or how difficult that tag was to draw and mule deer i think that there's a correlation but i don't think it's nearly as tight i think a lot of big deer come from like easier opportunity type of areas to draw more so than elk
2: Am I? yeah I don't know
0: I think it's the opposite really I feel like, yeah for me it's like
2: you shoot giant bulls on easy to draw units and zero point stuff yeah on the counter hmm. I gotta figure that yeah, out I mean I, I yeah. like, yeah. my biggest anymore.
0: elk have all been in areas that I'm looking for like 380 bulls See, <laughs> or I mean, I, 280 bulls you know yeah, I mean? all, like, all the
1: good deer tags I've drawn have been shit hunts and all the easy to draw ones like I'm able to turn up a big buck and kill it the same
0: yeah. with like me. exact
2: same that's interesting yeah
0: yeah, I'm the opposite. We need to swap. Yeah, Which maybe, maybe <laughs> it's kind of yeah. working so much you harder tell on me what you're tag, doing. Yeah, you know? maybe. We're grinding it out day
2: after but day. But see, like,
0: my philosophy, when I draw, I feel like, I think that that's the hard part, too, is, like, I think some people draw, like, a like say you draw a really good meal deer tag, and I think that there's this thing in good meal deer units. I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, if you, I feel like if you have a tag that's very hard to get point-wise, there's, like, a certain percentage of really good bucks that are like good bucks that are easy to find mm. like that you do not see in a normal unit. Right. Yep. And because I've guided a long time in a unit like that, it's like, yeah, there's units where the deer seem like you might wait an entire lifetime, to draw that tag, but those tags, you could drive around and you could see 400 deer in the hunt and you probably see 160 type bucks every day from the road. And you like, and you correlate that with like, Oh, but there's no big bucks. But I've found that like those, that next level of buck in those units doesn't do those things. So most people are like, Oh, that's like, that's their hunt strategy in a way because you can't do that anywhere else. And it's like, well, we're seeing the deer, we're this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And yet those big bucks don't do what those mm-hmm. hundred and in some units they do, I guess. But like, I found that you almost have to approach it. It's, it makes it actually a more difficult hunt. So when I get a good tag, I actually go in with the mindset of like, this is going to be really hard. Mm hmm because of the way that it's kind of like structured like that, you know, and 90% of the people that get those tags, they just pop in there and kill the first like decent buck that they see. And that's why those big ones aren't there because they get hammered yep. at that, yeah. that certain class. Right. Um, and so it's kind of actually hard to weed through decent deer to get to the really good deer. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's like, I, it's weird because I found like, there will be certain pockets in areas that I hunt a lot where you will go and you'll see 160 inch, 170 inch deer all the time. And in like a, this is like a, yeah, you're only gonna draw it once in your life. Like sheep type, like 1% draws. Yeah. And you go in those areas and it's like, yeah, you see like these mediocre bucks all the time, but there's certain places where all of a sudden it's like, Oh, this is where we find that next level. Those 190 type bucks, you know, that like,
1: do you just prefer weird. one over the other? Because as you're talking, I, I hate that hunt. I
0: hate that hunt. Yeah, I, I absolutely hate that, hate that hunt. hunt. That's you my least favorite so hunt. I would
1: rather not see deer. Yeah, I hate that hunt. And struggle to find deer and then find a big deer than see deer. Because ape. you have to look over every deer.
0: And it's just It's, it's so weird. annoying. It's annoying. Because I hate this because it, it makes you think you don't know mule deer. Well, I mean, yeah. the deer tag I had this year, never been more frustrated in my life. Because it was a good tag. I didn't see a single that next level deer. I saw a thousand deer, and they were all just real shitty small bucks. Just I mean, deer. We, yeah, yeah I just bugs, you, yeah. I use the same unit you wanted. so yeah. I, I mean, you probably kinda, don't want
1: to say that because yeah. I've been pretty vocal about where I, I mean, uh, We can cut that part. Yeah, okay, perfect. <laughs> if you don't yeah. want people to know, yeah, but yeah, 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 I, yeah, I hate I hate that hunt. No,
0: I I, I absolutely hate I hate a hunt where deer can just do whatever they want and they don't have to follow like a certain layer of procedure where it's like you don't they can be and i hate hunts where deer can be anywhere Mm -hmm. i just don't like that i like where it's like they have to be certain places because it it helps you narrow it down when they can be anywhere and they are everywhere like why is a deer i hate places where deer sitting out in the sun in the middle of the open in the middle it's the dumbest thing (laughs) i'm like why are you but they get no pressure and they must have like no yeah. problem doing it i absolutely hate that hunt yeah, <laughs> because me, i don't know what to do i'm like i know nothing about meal deer yeah <laughs> i don't know if I, I think i thought that i was the only person that felt like that but i feel like a small
2: deer it. is frustrating because then i have to take out the digiscope i gotta zoom in especially if it's long distance and i'm wasting time trying to figure out if that's a big buck or not and probably the big buck i should be looking for now just bedded but i'm like oh i think that's him over there so i'm gonna yep. pay attention to it we through the small bucks, and it takes forever to do it.
1: I feel like this isn't like an AA meeting where yeah. I'm like everybody's sitting around and like, dude, they're, <laughs> yeah. th- and I'm going, yeah, I totally relate, man. I felt that. Yeah, I felt that. I'm yeah, feeling like, that. yeah, very therapeutic about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I thought it was just me. You know? yeah. like, that's the thing about meal deer too, though. Is like you'll get a t- good tag or something, and you, go, I know nothing about meal deer. I just like, yeah, they humble you quick. I cannot. I feel like I study. Like I feel elk. You can always find elk you can always i just feel like elk maybe i'm just like an elk magnet like elk hunting i feel like is quite easy
2: i literally felt like i was the best glasser in the world this year because they're everywhere like you there they are there (laughs) There they are are. in the timber even i'm like oh yeah there's a freaking school bus walking around like and they're very
0: consistent in the places that they like like very consistent you crack the code you're like they can be anywhere in some aspect or they like certain places, but then they just aren't in those places. So it makes it difficult.
1: Do you talk to a lot of, it's interesting you say that you feel, cause I feel that way too. I feel like there's like a prescription for where elk are, right? And they're going to be and it doesn't ever seem like I struggle to find elk, but I talk to a lot of people that are like, I can't find elk. Yes. Do you have that? People ask you how to find elk?
0: Yeah. A lot of people struggle finding elk and I guess I get it. But I mean, that's been I've been a professional if, elk guy yeah. since I was 18 years old. Yeah, if you've old, never you done know, it, like,
1: yeah, you only know what yeah, you know, right? Yeah,
0: and, and don't get me wrong. I love elk hunting. I love calling elk. That's like oh, my really? thing. Yeah, I love I calling hate elk. I I'm,
1: that. I'm bad at it. No, nah,
0: it's, it's fun. I love tricking a bull. I think that's hmm. like my favorite part of elk hunting. I'm like a weird purist in the fact that I like to bugle in bulls. So if I'm hunting by myself and I just like didn't bugle a bull, I probably won't kill it. Really? Yeah. If I'm like, choose the
2: experience a little bit. Like, well, yeah,
0: I'm like, if, if, if I'm that, like walking through the woods and a in a, I stumble upon a bull, or there's like a bull bedded, and I got to go sneak in and stalk him during the middle of the rut. Mm-hmm. I probably won't kill it.
1: How big a bull is, does a bull got to be if you st- <laughs> if you you spot that bull? He's in a perfect spot for a stalk. How big has yeah. he got to be where you're like, I'm gonna go in and kill him versus like, I'm gonna let him pass because I didn't call him in. Be like. 365. <laughs> that's <laughs> that benchmark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I mean there's uh. certain areas where it's like that's the unit of like it's conducive to that, yeah. right? But I ch- also choose my places based on like I like hunting thicker timber in September. It's mm-hmm. just the, like my preferred style. Um but I just feel like it's too easy to sneak in on an elk. Just like I feel bad about <laughs> it. <laughs> you feel Brady's loving this.
1: <laughs> I think that's why I like hunting them because I'm like, I'm pretty successful at hunting them. And it's just because I think, I mean, just being completely objective, they're a lot easier to hunt. Uh, you know, than, than yeah, a they are, big for point. sure. They absolutely are.
0: Like if you, it's like, it's like spot and stock mule they're hunting with training wheels, <laughs> sneaking yeah. in on an elk.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's People like are going to be like, Shit, this guy, nah. what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I've I, I joked since I've killed now four bulls in a row or something like that. And it's like, if I can do it, anyone can do it because I'm not a very good elk hunter at all. But like I can find them. Yeah. And I can find them. I can kill them. And I like, actually,
0: I think, like, people think, like, oh, I'll call in an elk. Uh, calling in an elk is a lot harder than stalking an elk, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. Um, and that's why I like it, because it's just, mm-hmm. like, a cool... Especially a big bull. And it's very action, right? Because mm-hmm. what other hunts do you get to do where you get to be, like, as noisy as possible? You get to run around. You, it's just, like, very very high energy i like that like I, I do love chasing bull bugling bulls yeah and i mean I'll, you know i'll throw in some cow calls here and
1: there but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you uh what do you tell people that are having a hard time finding out like what do, what do you tell them to look for
0: oh uh, i you, mean i i think just like feeding areas glassing feeding feeding yeah
1: feeding bedding yeah water. feeding bedding water yeah grass I think it's interesting. So, like, I I picked up. You said you like hunting thick areas
0: uh, during September. Yeah. During
1: September, for yeah. do, do you like that? Because you like that aspect of calling. Do you like it because you think that there's a better likelihood of a bigger bull in those types of areas?
0: Both. I like it for the aspect of calling because they're they're naturally more vocal in it. If an elk can see a long ways, right. then they're gonna do. They'll like bugle and then go look, and it's harder to get them to commit. I would say like in it's a lot easier in some ways to call in a bull in thicker stuff. It's a lot harder to get a shot. Right. So you're calling in a lot of elk and that's what I like the calling in. So even if I, like when I'm calling elk, maybe it's a, and I'm guiding, let's say I'm guiding or hunting with someone and I'm calling elk. Well, I brought this bull into 20 yards. I effectively called in this elk just because we didn't get a shot. Mm-hmm. There's how many, I mean, most of the time you're calling an elk, I'll bring them into, I had a, some elk, 10 feet away from a guy a couple of years ago and it's like we did that three or four times in a week we tricked that bull mm-hmm. he had zero shots like it just was that thick but that's part of the strategy but you sometimes you get that window so you gotta you keep doing it but it's fun because it's makes you feel like yeah i, I called yeah, in that, in elk. I tricked that elk yeah sometimes you'll do it and you don't even see the elk i mean but i like that and then also i feel like it's hunting habitat that you can't hunt at other times of the year. Mm. Or like, cause you, they yeah, because you don't have location. that auditory cue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Do you do you um, So if you're calling on your own, do you have strategies that you use on your own for calling elk versus hunting with a buddy that you know? Kind of the traditional: your buddy hangs back and you know bugles and cow calls and tries to drag that bull past you. Do you have anything that you do differently when you're on your own?
0: Yeah, I kind of try to uh, use topography in a lot of ways so i use my strategy of like keeping them fired up but then using my final coaxing strategy where they're like just have gone over a ridge where i try to use like a little bit of speed and proximity to bring that bull to where i need him to go and that's worked really well so
1: you're talking like hanging just off the cusp of a ridge to try to bring that bull
0: if a bull's you know how they'll, they'll be like on this side and they'll be like bugling, bugling, bugling. So I'll keep him interested and move in as close as possible. And that's where he holds up. And then the second that he starts to drift over, then I just haul it and get to that spot where, okay, now he could come up a bit, but he can't, you know, he could sit there and bugle and here and see. Uh-huh. And so I try to use that strategy I also like turn away and call um quite a bit or i i turn i a lot of times what i do too is i do like cow calls behind and bugles forward and that huh. tends to be like Oh, cows are back here bulls this way gotcha like a direct challenge but also enticing like oh maybe i gotta circle around or do something yeah in that fashion
1: it's always interesting to talk to somebody because i do the same thing but i've never really thought about why i do it you know yeah it just kind of seems like that's the thing to do that made made the most sense to me. Yeah,
0: and then another strategy too is like I, I play real aggressive and get real tight when I'm doing my calling by myself. So if I'm calling with someone else, I would probably call further back, but I'm willing to blow them out to get closer in a weird mm-hmm. way. Like I get pretty aggressive to get really close. So in some ways I am stalking the elk, but they're bugling. Like I'm just yeah. using Different combination. Q. Yeah, it's more fast stalking, but I'm trying to get in tight and then do my calling like i really like to invade their bubble Mm -hmm. when i'm by myself because when i I, when you're calling with someone else you want the person set up to be further ahead and then they've kind of got this safety bubble Mm -hmm. and then they go to that and then that guy still has a shot and you're calling further back but i like to get in within that bubble and then challenge him directly so he kind of has less opportunity
1: when you say bubble how many yards you talking
0: um it's probably situational 70 yards, 70, yeah. oh close but it think thick timbers like 70 yards is essentially a mile away right you know like it could be you're never gonna you, you probably can't even see 20 yards so 70 yards is can be pretty far in that thicker stuff and it's a lot easier to get are in. are you just
2: view. basing this on like vocalization and then determining how close you are to them or you're not not able to see them all. Correct. Yeah. Vocalization. Things aren't echoing around too much. You're like, Oh, I'm setting up here and actually it was like 500 yards away and we're just in your calling. Yep. it's probably just an experience thing to realize, like what yeah. the sound is. To be like, oh, that sounds like he is actually pretty close. We should have set up now. Yeah, that's yep, the, it's, it's
1: hard to determine. Like, like if, you, if you haven't done it, it's really hard to know. Like, how far is that bugle away? Is yeah. he two hundred yards? Is he seventy yards? Is he a half mile? And if you haven't hunted enough, you, it's hard. It's I, even myself. I'm like, I don't know, man. In think,
0: thick stuff, it's it is harder. There is one thing that I kind of notice is like when you get closer, sometimes it actually. Seems quieter. Have you noticed this? Hmm. Because they're like, if you're directly across from it, what where people get confused is like, it's a little bit. It's a lot of topography as well. So you got to kind of I gauge it off of the topography. So if I'm on a ridge, like, and there's kind of like another finger ridge 150 yards over, and that bull sounds blasting, I know that he's essentially my level with more amplification going my direction when that bull drops down in that canyon and is on my side i lose that amplification across the canyon so That's it's cool. matted by timber more ti- like there's actually more timber between me and him instead of more air hmm. so I, I gauge it off of like the topography and then also the vegetation but there's <laughs> those times where bulls also when they get close they might be like pissed but they'll switch their call up a little bit to some more like yeah oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, and I hear that I'm like, okay,
1: <laughs> This is the difference between somebody who's who knows it and has thought about it, and then has the ability to put it into word, yeah, versus speak. me, who knows it and then is just mindless and just goes yeah. out and does it. But yeah. I have a hard time explaining it to somebody. So, exactly. like, there's, there's yeah. a lot of gold in what you just there said. Is,
0: there's also like this thing when you're real close to a bull. I call it like the I don't even know like the bull's lisp at the end. Like you can hear a bugle, and there's certain tones that you can't hear from far away because it gets lost in the bugle Hmm. but when you're close there's like this at the end of the bugle this like
1: yeah it's like
0: weird like this weird like sound like not even just like you can hear that like exhale of air it's a weird like you can hear the push of air you can never hear the push of air when they're further away but when they come in you hear that like the actual push of air at either the beginning or the end of the bugle and when you do that you know you're within 60 yards I'd say
2: game time Game time, yeah. <laughs> I love it when they okay. get,
1: when they start, when they get glunking. Oh, I mean, yeah. You can that's hear the that. I, I killed a bull in Wyoming a few years, number of years ago, and that bull was bugling, and I knew he was close, but when he started glunking, and I could hear those glunks, like, coming yeah. up the hills, he was, like, walking up the hill, and he kind of turned in and shot him at, like, 17 yards, but that's, I love that glunk, man. When it's I hear that, I'm like, oh, man, we're in it.
0: Yeah, that's the best. It's just, like, it's like their stomach hitting, like, just the sound of that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you ever shot a bull off a wall?
0: I have not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, I was the king of that. I, <laughs> yeah. You know, wallow sitters <laughs> unite.
0: It's funny because I asked. <laughs> I have so <laughs> I have I I put out uh, trail cameras on wallows, uh-huh. and I have this grand vision of killing a bull on a wall. I really want to do, do it. I want to do it bad. I it's funny because just because I haven't, you know, right? Yeah, and I've uh I like I I have cameras on wallows, and I never I have sat them. I'm just not consistent, but I really want to kill an elk. One, oh, I at least want to try killing one elk out of a tree stand. I think it would be – yeah, because, like, just to observe them in a wallow is fun. Uh-huh. And then, like, be right there. I don't know. Maybe just – I kind of always thought of it. I kind of had, like, this – I just can see it playing out correctly in yeah. my head. I actually have a few trails, like, a tree stands set up on wallows, but I just never – go sit him. I don't, yeah. Like I just need to do it. Yeah. I just he, need to commit. Does he need to be bugling at the same time? No, then? I think on that, L- in let that, let that action, yeah, I just am not, I think it's like, because that's my hardest, it's the hardest thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that I kind of, don't yeah. do it, but I, I think it's cool. Still, to me, it'd be
2: hard to sit a wall out and just be like, All right, "I just gotta wait for it to happen. I feel like I'm just like whitetail tail it right? Yeah, yeah you I'd should be, like, be out there running around trying to make things something. happen, and you're just that's, that's why I come never in, have done it
0: with. because I'm always sitting there being like, "I should be doing something else." There's nothing here. Yeah.
1: I've done it when I when it made sense. Like, when does it make sense? It makes sense to me anyway, at least like if you're in an area and it's it feels relatively high pressure and the elk aren't being that vocal, but you know the elk are there. And I found a water source, and I'm like, yeah, this is the best water source. They're definitely wallowing. They're not real vocal. I know there's a lot of pressure in the area. I think that makes sense. And I'll set a wall, and they'll come in, and we'll kill them.
2: So that and, like, early early, Early season, early
1: season yeah, like that first week of September, maybe the first 10 days. I feel like if they're not really, you know, rutting. But, you know, I think it's a great opportunity to, like, target a big bull early if you can yeah. pin him down on a wallow before they really
2: start to, like, gather cows and move on. But to me, I get so nervous about the wind when I've done it before. Like, He's, I get so concerned, like, oh, maybe the elk are right behind me. Now they are going to just totally wind and I'm just sitting here pointless the whole entire time. Again,
1: I think, I don't know, and you can maybe tell me, but I, I think elk are they're more predictable as far as, like, where they're coming from. And you can kind of play the wind depending on the time of day. Pick your spot. And I, I've never, I've shot a lot of elk off of wallows, and I've never felt like it had to be like so walled in, you know, with like a blind or anything. I feel Mm. like as long as I'm real uh, minimal with my movement, I feel like I can get away with quite a bit. Because elk are big animal. They move around a lot. Yeah. They see a lot of movement in those herds. They see a lot of movement. They hear a lot of sounds. I feel like I can get away with a lot more than I could with like a mule deer or something. Mm.
0: Actually, I mean, I, I've used the wall of tactic guiding a lot. Yeah. Like, so I've killed a lot through proxy. You right. Know what I mean? You, like, you, 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 I just haven't been the one that sent the arrow. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Especially like on those hot hunts where you get a guy that's like, we hunted hard for two days and he's like, I'm done. And I'm like, okay, let's go. They're like, why didn't we start on this wall? <laughs> <laughs> right. You're you like, did you didn't experience. get the full experience, Yeah, man. exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, we you we killed a lot of bulls that way. And I've even done like setups where I'll set a guy on a wall and then I pull back and do some calling based off of yep. the direction so all like throw the cow sounds you know cuz what will happen is I, especially early I'll, I'll just I'll cow call near a wallow so like I'll have a guy set up on a wallow I'll pull back and cow call and then and then what happens is like you'll if you get a lone bull and you know he knows that wallow is there and you just expect him like he's going to come up the wind's good He'll probably before he goes to those cows, get in that wallow, mm-hmm. bugle, thrash around. He'll put his perfume on, and they'll go check the ladies. Yeah. So it's like a way to direct him to that wallow while we're just hanging out.
1: You you you've guided since you were forever, Pretty, yeah, since, since you're a kid, right? Yeah. You get a, you get a lot of new hunters. I would assume probably guys from the Midwest or the East have never really hunted elk. Yeah, for sure. What do you think? I've had a lot of people reach out to me recently that want to go hunting. They look at Uh, you know, the hurdle, it's hard. There's a lot to learn, you know, the way to get a tag. I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, do you think going with a guide for a year or two is a good avenue for me to help, you know, kind of learn the ropes? Do you get a lot of people like that?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think there's a, in some ways, like it's a good way to get your feet wet. Right. But I don't think that you learn, like you learn, based off like your experience is zero. And then you're like, but I think what they're doing is so advanced that you just can't even mm. comprehend because you haven't gone through the steps. So then I've had guys that have hunted with me for like four or five years and or even longer. And they're like, now we're gonna go out on our own. And I, I'm like, I encourage it. I'm like, yeah, go do it. And they're like, it was like starting from zero, right? Because somebody else was doing all the stuff. Yeah, correct. Gotcha. Yeah, so in a way, like I think it's a good way to get out and go hunting And like, maybe just, I think it's more like just breaking the ice in a way, Mm -hmm. right? Like, um, but I also think that like, if you tried it yourself, you're probably going to be less successful, but learn more. I know that's, I know that for a fact, actually.
1: Hmm. So would you tell somebody that's like wanting to go on their first elk hunt, like just try it on your own, do all the research on your own and tackle it? Or do you think? Um,
0: I don't know. It just depends on the experience that you want, right? Because I think if you're like, hey, I really want to experience what it's like to have bulls being called in and like get into elk and do that whole thing. It's pretty good to go with somebody that knows how to do that because mm-hmm. it's probably like higher odds that day one you're going to get in and have that kind of experience. And in, in another way too, I guess when you're, if you're by yourself and you can't find, I think the struggle is like finding elk first, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of people like, we didn't even see an elk. It's like, well, they don't even know what the calling aspect is because they didn't s- encounter any yeah. elk. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on the kind of experience you're looking for. Yeah. And and to like where you're at in life, right? There's a lot of guys that are maybe, you know, they're like they worked, they had their families and now they're like sixty five years old and they want to go on an elk hunt and they want to harvest an elk and have that experience. Yeah. That's well, the- you're you're okay, well, in another eight years you'll probably get your elk. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's the point I would
1: always give them is like, it depends on your objective. So if yeah. your objective is to kill an elk and that's going to be your one elk, you want to come out and do it, you're, you're better off with a guide, but Absolutely. if you're wanting to learn to hunt elk and you want to come back year after year and you know, you want to do this on your own, then it's probably better to go on your own and learn the ropes and, and <laughs> go into it realizing you probably won't be successful, but you're going to start putting the building box, you're going to build the foundation to then, you know, be successful year after year after year as you do it, you know, For 10, sure. 15 years down the road.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's yeah. good. I, you know, even as like somebody that's, you know, pretty much all my hunts do it yourself all mm-hmm. over. I think that there's a couple, I don't know if you guys have this, but there's a couple of hunts in my mind, like maybe one or two hunts that if I drew that tag, I think I would actually hire a guide because it's like, My objective on that one hunt might be different than other hunts. What are Mm -hmm. they? If I drew a break sheep tag, I think I would go it or at least yeah, talk to a lot. I think I think on that, I I probably know enough people that know enough about it, and and there is different. But it's like on that, I would want to shoot an absolute giant ram, and I you know I I mean, and the amount of time like I maybe wouldn't have the amount of time Mm -hmm. to do it, and I think. I don't know, but maybe like a, a strip mule deer tag, right. potentially. Where it's like, it's just all about time and scouting. And I know that I probably, I, it's like, you, it's a once in probably a hundred lifetimes opportunity. Sure. yeah. And I wouldn't be able to gain enough knowledge yeah. in that to make it worth once in a hundred lifetimes. Yeah, I mean, no. In we, a weird way. But I don't, I also don't know. Like maybe it's just me and I'd be like, I know that I could do it and I would do okay with it yeah so then you're like there and you're like dude this guy you know i don't know like they might not hunt my style and that's one thing like i just like to hunt a certain way so yep. they probably have their certain way and it wouldn't match with my certain way so maybe in the end i'd be like what the hell am i doing i don't know i think about it a lot though because i'm like would i or wouldn't i yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i don't know what, I think,
2: do you guys I think, have anything yeah. Like yeah. That? Have experience different going guided on that sense but right a strip tag like you don't have enough time in the summer to scout that entire place no. like and try to do it properly correct and then go up back and hunt later like it's impossible yeah and and so you you got a I, bunch of buddies who have been there for years and years and years and have a good starting point right correct probably a decent starting point but
0: still and i and that's the other thing though i am pretty good about finding people that know a, a lot. lot about the areas and connecting with people and and have a good like direction and there are areas where i've gone into and you know Like, I I don't know. That's, I I don't know. Maybe I probably actually wouldn't, but I think about it, you know? Yeah. I
1: mean, knowing you, what I know of you, I think ideally what you would want to do, like on a strip mule deer tag is you would want that tag, but you would, then you would want the entire summer to just go scout, scout it, gather all the intel and do it yourself. Right. That that would be ideal. Ideal. But I
0: just don't know if I would actually. Have the time. Right. Right. Or, yeah. I mean, back in the, back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But.
1: I think for me it would be those species like bighorn sheep, like mountain goat. I mean, I, I I've only drawn one goat tag. I shot a ewe, which or you know, I was just I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, right. I, Yeah, not a ewe nanny. A nanny. Yeah, you obviously don't run. know what you do yeah. you don't you. <laughs> so. a, na- a nanny. Yeah, obviously, I don't really? even know the damn name of the thing. Right? <laughs> it was, it was I don't know if it's horns. horns. Yeah. I don't know if it's a sheep or a goat. It turns out. So I definitely need a guide for yeah. that one. Yeah, but it would be those types of species where I would need. You know, somebody that's got a lot more years of looking at them to, to know what I'm looking at. Yeah. Right. And yeah, hone in
2: on where they're at. Because it would be so fun to draw a tag like that. And it's like, I'm going to pull a camper up. I'm going to be here all summer. Right. Yeah. Like, somehow you just quit your job because it's such a sick tag. Like, Yeah. Yeah. I can see myself doing that. Bad-ass yeah. Tag. I get, I guess, right. Like, like just, giving just, up everything in life just yeah. to go do it. But like, yeah. Or get some people with some intel. How, then you got to hunt with them, though. Yeah. And it's like, right. And that's the hard
0: part. Like, I was like, I like hunting my way by yeah. myself. Because sometimes it's just... It's a weird thing. I, I don't necessarily like hunting with people. And that makes me maybe. I antics. think we all I agree don't, with that. I don't think I like, I'm way more <laughs> successful by myself. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, uh,
1: I had Ryan Lampers on my own podcast, like here a few weeks ago. Yeah, And before I hit record and we were kind of going, I was sitting there talking to him and I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. Cause essentially you've got two people that are talking to each other that would probably rather not be talking to each other. (laughs) Like we kind of have the same, you know, ideas about hunting. We like to hunt alone and we're kind of reserved and a little bit awkward with, you know, socially. So I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. This is like a perfect storm for two weird people to sit across from each other and try to have a conversation. Do you think you're a better hunter on your own? 100%. I know for a
0: fact. Yeah. I, and I've done it more and like, it's different because when I'm guiding in a weird way, I'm hunting with people, but I'm all hunting alone. And I like that about it because it's like, I don't ever ask, you you know, like I don't even care. It's just, it's me hunting alone and Mm. you're following me. Right. And, but when I'm like hunting with friends or something like that, I mean, I I enjoy being out with my friends, but I don't necessarily know if I like hunting. I I would just rather not have a tag than be like, it's weird in a way but like i'd rather go on a hunt with my brother and him have a tag than us both have tags in some weird way because it's just like then i'm just assisting in his hunt and helping his hunt but when i'm hunting i like to just not have to think or like worry about anything else i just like to go and do and and i'm a lot more successful that way i like hunting like i've got a group of friends that i hunt with and we kind of like Essentially, base in the same area, and then we all go do our own thing, yeah, and that's highly successful, right? Because mm-hmm. it's yeah. just other people that like my brothers the same way, so like I like hunting with my brothers. That way, it goes like it's okay, cool, you can go over here, I can go over there, like we can do our own thing, we can help pack each stuff out. There's a couple hunts where it's really nice to, like, yeah, a fog neck packer. elk was yeah. one where it's like it's awesome to be together, yeah. on that, but um, it just depends, right. on, were... depends on the person a little bit too, but um. Yeah, if I'm just, like, if it's a tag that I really care about, probably just yeah, have support or sure. whatever, maybe. People glass in different spots, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: the actual hunt portion just my own yeah. zone. I don't know. Sounds very antisocial, but I, I mean, I start, did a show for a long time called Solo Hunter for a <laughs> <Yeah>. reason. Like, <laughs> I like hunting alone. It's preferred yeah, style of hunting for it me.
1: Too. It's one of those things. It's like people ask you, "Do you like hunting alone?" I like the. If I'm speaking from a pure perspective of enjoyment, I don't necessarily like hunting alone. It's nice to have somebody to hang out with, shoot the shit, share stories, you know. But if like we get down to brass tacks, and I look back across the history of hunting unequivocally the best animals I've ever killed I've killed on my own and I I don't think it's I don't think it's random you know what I mean I I think I'm a better hunter when I'm on my own but is it as enjoyable I mean it's more enjoyable in the moment when I kill that animal that I really wanted to but if you look at the bulk of the hunt I'm like there was a lot of real miserable days just hanging out by myself you know yeah so I mean not miserable I like that but you know there's days where I'm like man it'd be good to have Brady or Neville or somebody to shoot the shit with for a minute,
2: but yeah, but then like when you're hunting with someone else, you always got double the noise, double the scent, yeah, this, double the double the opinions and ideas of that's where it, or someone convincing you maybe not to go there. Oh, it's so far away. Maybe uh, that's let's not go. That's where it's at. And for they're not me. trying to fully convince you, but you can tell they're not really wanting to. So then you mm-hmm. convince yourself, yeah, there's nothing over there. We're not going. Yeah,
0: and go. yeah. I don't like that part and of And I'm like, I I'm generally like I like. To be a nice person
1: right <laughs> but, you're like me i feel yeah. like we're the same yeah. person I'm like, <laughs> I'm,
0: so i'm like even though i know what to do i would ask someone's opinion yep and i gotta stop doing that and then like when it gets down toward the last couple days i just get like this effort mode and i'm like i don't care what you think kind of mode where yeah. i just like i gotta do what i gotta do and then i'm successful and I'm like okay but it's still like what do you think and people their reasoning could be like out of like i don't want to go over there but they don't really say it but it's mm-hmm. like you I can think feel you should it can yeah. tell. and it's like dude and then it's a drag on me and then the other thing that i hate is like if i'm doing a stock, i hate feeling rushed when someone's there with me yeah. like i do stupid things because i feel bad about the person baking in the sun watching <laughs> yeah. i just hate it like <laughs> you know, i'm like do. i'll just there's times where i'm like <laughs> sitting on a mule deer and i'm like i'll throw a rock because i'm worried about the guy glassing across the canyon like i can't do that yeah, yeah i same just hate thing. that with I a camera it. guy same thing oh, i hate that yeah me
1: too I feel like I'm always like, I don't mind having a camera guy, but there's definitely situations
2: where I feel like, you know, I'm checking in with them and then it weighs on me. Yeah. It's downpouring rain out and they're just sitting over there just miserable. And yeah. Like you're just trying to do something like that person's miserable. I wish we should just like go a, back to camp. Right. Like he looks destroyed inside. But I'm like,
1: are you hungry? Or are you thirsty? Are <laughs> yeah. you doing all right? Yeah. yeah like a daddy care. in you trail. I yeah. yeah that and I, but I don't like it. <laughs> no. it's, it I, I feel the weight of it. You know what I mean? 100%. I would rather yeah. not do it. Mm-hmm. So I... Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like, it's just nice. I it's like, you just go, you're. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, too, is like, there's times where, yeah, things take a little bit longer for something. And I don't know. I just, it's yeah. nice to be by yourself. Yeah.
1: I'd wait there all day. But if I yeah. have somebody behind me, yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know, I feel yeah. that weight of it. Right. How, uh, I just, do you have anything else? No. I always no. check with Brady. I'm really bad at with, I always jump over Brady, so. That's, that's all good. I anyway, just, he's used I to I just it. know you like
2: to talk. So, <laughs> so now I, Yeah,
1: now I have to check in with him and be like, do you have anything else before I move on? Um, I, don't, I don't right now, but I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you, like, how do you attack, and this is maybe for kind of our users, you know, people that are insiders and trying to get into Western hunting. Like, how do you attack applications across the West?
0: Yeah, it. I think, like, first is one of the, I mean, I look at my whole, that the thing about applications is very personal to what you want and where you're at. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, I have a lot of points in a lot of places. I play, I've been playing the tag draw game since I was probably 16 years old. Like when people were buying other stuff, I just started like applying in other states, but I grew up in Nevada and when I first started hunting, I, there was, they didn't have the youth tags. Mm-hmm. I was lucky to draw a tag my first year applying because my dad was like, had enough foresight to say like, I'm not going to hunt for five years. So when my son, because like he knew that I was just all about it, I think mm-hmm. when I was like eight years old, he's like, this kid's going to want to hunt. And so <laughs> he, like, yeah, so he just <laughs> applied uh and we ended up he ended up having points and then we applied as a party otherwise it was like i wouldn't have even been able to hunt big yeah, game cool for a man. long time and so that happened and then i got lucky and they started like a youth tags midway through my growing mm-hmm. up so i was able to then uh, obtain tags but also my thought was i was like this just isn't enough right mm-hmm. so we uh, my grandpa lived in montana and, and we would apply there and, and get tags in montana too so we'd do that and then i started thinking like when i w- would work and get some money i was like oh wait what are other places that i could do this in And i'd see like magazine articles of mostly like utah is probably the state that i have the second montana and utah i have like the most points in um, i started applying for in me. utah
2: I, I think it's the same thing because I've i was been like doing similar magazines because yeah i always want to go to utah
0: so i would utah points utah was like similar to Nevada, right? It was like, okay, it's just like it's like they're touching and where the big elk are touching, so I'll just yeah. go there, right?
2: And it's totally unobtainable. Like <laughs> yeah. why did I build points in New York? Yeah. So I'm probably never gonna draw those.
0: <laughs> right. So for me, like and then, you know, just kept multiplying. So I've got a lot of points in a lot of places. Um, and I couldn't cash them in early and because it was just like guiding in Montana mm-hmm. and a lot of the seasons are the same. So for me I've got a lot of points in a lot of places. So sometimes my strategy is based on that, but I haven't really cashed them in. So I also have that, but then I'm also always looking for the places and the point where I don't have any points um, or what I can obtain without using points. I'm kind of a weird, I haven't really drawn a lot of tags and, with but, any points, but,
1: but but you could. It sounds could. like if you started, if you wanted to, right? You Yeah. Start plucking.
0: Yeah. So now my game is like I'm dancing around trying to find ways that I can draw tags without using those points. Like, where can I get a second choice?
1: Yeah. Right. Like a,
0: a weird. You don't want to burn em. A weird strategy. No. Not not really. I'm like, those will be for when I'm old and crusty and want to shoot,
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? Like, want to yeah. shoot a You're 200 like that, inch buck from yeah. the truck kind of deal. you like that or, guy in Lord of
1: the Rings. What is yeah. it? Go- Gollum? You yeah, know, with the like, ring, oh, my precious. Yeah, my Yeah, points.
0: And then also, I kind of like, now with kids, I think, like, I think I'm, yeah. you hold that strategy of, man, maybe I could go in when my daughter's uh, 12 years old, I'll have 35 points and we can go as a party and cash in and go on a good hunt together. Or even just maybe go on a sweet hunt where, they can go along. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's just a weird strategy in, in my head. But I don't mean, know. Getting away from your question, I think the thing that I look for in a hunt is different than what my other people might look for. Right. So, like when I use filtering, I'm probably looking at thing. I'm looking at in a weird way. The dark side of filtering the stuff that like other people are <laughs> the avoiding. Dark web. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm looking for the stuff that, <laughs> and I hope this strategy. It's, it doesn't even matter because once you go on the hunt that I find, you're going to be like this sucked, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I look for the this sucked hunt because I know one of the things that I hate is a hunt where you aren't hunting animals; they're acting like animals, mm-hmm. it, like in an area where where there's a lot of like, animals. You can go; I could go find a unit where there's high success. And a lot of animals and maybe better animals, but a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you see animals, but you almost have to rush to them and you have to do this and you have to do that. And I look for the areas that have like low success and low densities and whatever, because I know that if I'm out there hunting and I haven't seen anything for three days and I actually am like, okay, I I know the animals well enough that Mm -hmm. like I'm not doing anything wrong. It's just a hard Hunt and most people don't like that. I'm okay going a week without hardly seeing anything if I know that the things that I need are there.
1: That's And, and people are like, yeah. "How
0: do you know?" And he's like, "You know. Like I've been you I've know. been in the game long enough mm-hmm. to know like certain areas and things and I kind of like the areas that people are like the wolves have killed them. That's what I used to when it was like before wolf seasons. I would go into the areas where everyone was talking. The wolves have decimated the population. And I would have really good hunts, <laughs> and yeah, I was like true. some of the best ones because nobody was in there. Nobody, yeah. everyone's like the wolves have killed them all, and I was like, I saw a lot of wolves, but I also found a few. Like they aren't going to eat them all, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that was my strategy. Went before there was wolf seasons, was just going like all the place. If there was a news article about a place that was just getting
2: hammered <laughs> by wolves, I would just go <laughs> hunting. The yeah, that's absolutely. a green flag like, for you, not red. Was, yeah, mm-hmm. I was like cool. One everyone's of my favorite places away. of all time was exactly the same thing. When I, mean, I was going up hiking on this trail I met this guy who's coming down and he's like you're going heading up there I'm like yeah he's like oh no one goes up there anymore the wolves are everywhere and literally it was my best mule deer spot I've ever had in my hmm. life I saw yeah. more mature deer there than ever no one was there right probably and the like,
1: same way with grizzly bears if you can just get over the fear of hunting yeah. in and yeah, around it was them. phenomenal mm-hmm.
2: And yeah. they're just, like you said, animals being animals. Yeah. Really you cool.
1: said, yeah, you said something. I was going to going back to hunts. I hate, I hate, I hate a hunt where I feel like I cannot outwork somebody where it feels like the individual that's the closest to that animal when they see it. Yeah. Cause it's so highly pressured that they're going to kill it. Like that is one of my least favorite hunts. I hate that hunt where I just feels oh, yeah. like I can't outwork anybody. It just is like. Happenstance on yep. where that animal is and where the proximity of the closest hunter is.
0: I hate hunts where there's roads everywhere. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. Even if there's total. like high populations of animals because it's just, it, it makes you like, what do I do? Because you're like, driving around is quite successful and I hate that. Yeah. And then it's like, everybody has that equal opportunity not like equal opportunity. I'm like, it's,
1: it's just where they're at. That yeah, day. yeah. Right. You just it like, feels random.
0: yeah, I just hate that. And, and it's I like, you can't get away from it. And yeah. Okay. There's a million animals here, but there's a million hunters. There's a million roads and I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. I just, not for me, but that's my personal
1: yeah
0: thing. Like, I just like to get away from people. I like to have a hunt. I like to just do my own thing. And it's like, oh, I'm a big loner, but it's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I like the hunts that other people don't like. And that's, because I found a lot of success doing that. And that's also, you know, if I was going on multiple hunts in a year or something, it was like a way that I could just guarantee that I'd rather just be out hunting and get a tag. And yeah. And because of it, I think it's made me a better hunter in some ways. Mm-hmm. Some ways it's been frustrating too, but yeah, in a lot of ways, I think it's just maybe a better hunter.
1: Knowing knowing what you know of the Western landscapes and the way that uh, tags are allocated in the draw systems, um, do you think that there's good opportunities still to go hunting? Like you've been you've been buying points and getting points for a lot of years, but you haven't been using them. It doesn't sound no.
0: like I so, I mean I really outside of the state of Nevada where I'm a resident, yeah. I don't really know if I've drawn, a, like I haven't really drawn a good tag right. really ever. Like that's weird because you're like I've been applying in a lot of places. You think that at some point I draw like a premier tag somewhere, and I just really haven't um i mean that's like a
1: but you're not staying home either
0: no i'm not staying home (laughs) right you know what i'm saying and (laughs) and like you look and i'm like this guy's killed a lot of awesome stuff yeah (laughs) and it's like yeah because it's just getting out and going hunting and i think like i have certain hunts in my back pocket that i'm not going to talk about that i think will be opportunities for a long time and they're great opportunities that people just maybe talk crap about now and it's like or don't even think about because there's so many other opportunities cool that's good for me i like that it's yeah it's gonna be a little tough hunt but there's still opportunity to do it and that's probably part of the reason i don't even cash in a lot of these points because there's just good opportunities out there i'm actually gonna burn some points in some places because i'm missing good opportunities yeah with the low like
1: because you feel like you, you need to
0: right yeah i'm I've, I've got a couple places this year I, i'm actually going to burn points because i am sick of having points because there's places that are one or two points
1: yeah then i
0: know that that's where i want to be hunting and doing that and i'm sitting on 15 points for no reason so i'm just burning points this year just to get rid of a few
1: that's how i am for colorado elk I'm like kind of in no man's land and I'm like, there's a lot of units that I could draw with two or three points and I could have done it three times. Yeah. And it's not like I've not been hunting elk cause I have been every year, but I'm just, I'm, I'm the same, same boat. I'm like, yeah. I, I need to just burn these so that I can turn them over. There's areas I want to go to.
0: Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also think I'm like, well, right now is not, a, you think about it, you're like, "Oh, right now is not a great time to burn. There's a bad winter and yeah. populations might be down, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like Perfect. Maybe I can just get into a unit easier with the points that I've got exactly. cash mm-hmm. in, go hunting. Cause the only hunts that I'm actually ever disappointed on are ones that take a long time to draw. Cause it's never what you expect. Never
1: meet your, it's all about <laughs> it's expectations. All, yeah, it's all about it?
0: expectations. I like agree. the best tags that I draw are generally the worst hunts of the season. Yeah. That's fine.
1: Yeah. Pulling a 180 inch buck out of a hunt that took two points to draw is a wildly different experience than a hunt that took, 10 points to draw and you killed the same buck.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Cause,
1: cause you I, hung the moon on one, the other one, you're like, damn it. Didn't meet my expectations. Yeah.
0: And and in that too, you like might find some deer that maybe it's not even the 180 inch buck, but you find a good buck and you like, you had a good hunt and there's less pressure on it. Yep. And you get that draw tag and you pass up that buck that you're like, it was probably a good buck, mm-hmm. but there's better. I have drawn a few good tags and i've never killed anything great on them <laughs> like, i just <I> don't <laughs> like the
2: idea that if you do find a good deer and you end up killing it. you can't ever go back again correct where if i find one on a two-point unit yeah. i know like oh hey I'll, i could be back here in a little bit could. this yeah. maybe i cracked the puzzle and i can repeat success twice put or, that
1: in your back pocket yeah mm-hmm. yeah or you kill a buck and then you find another buck with that buck and you're like well, i'll be back to hunt yeah. that one i've done that before okay. but
0: i've also done that where it's like a a tough unit and I lucked into probably a, a really good buck on the first <laughs> year and I hunted it for five more years and never Nothing. saw a deer. No. <laughs> you know, yeah, like we've done that too. That happens too, right? We get, we get you get every now and then. Yeah. That's but, the fun about part about it. But yeah. you know, you're like, that one time was really you're good. You're saying there's a chance. Exactly.
1: What uh, what are you looking forward to this year?
0: Oh, um, I think I feel like this year, I think even though I love Mueller hunting, I think I've got... Kind of a plan for some elk hunts this year. Yeah. In a way, like I'm actually (laughs) going to be doing probably a lot of elk hunting this year Mm -hmm. because all I saw last year was good bulls. <laughs> just Stop. like, it was just like I was mule deer hunting and just freaking elk everywhere. There's more elk now <laughs> than there has ever been. Right. And I think I need to help the mule deer population. <laughs> no, right. just Let them be, man. I really don't <laughs> think that elk affect mule deer, but I think like, unfortunately the landscape is more beneficial to elk currently. I think that we've lost a lot like due to fires, mm-hmm. wild horses, cheat grass, and well, at least in Nevada, wild horses, um, invasive plant species, uh, encroachment of certain invasive trees, like Pain. mule deer habitat's been destroyed in a lot of ways, and elk habitat's flourishing right now. Yeah, like we've hit a peak of elk habitat prime. I feel
1: they're just such they're more of a generalist, right? They can yeah. they can get by on a lot of different species, whereas a mule deer is much more of a specialist. They've got to have certain things, and you you're right. We had uh, Brock McMullen, who's a BYU research professor, on two days ago. At this point. I can't remember, but anyway, he, uh, kind of the same thing, you know, we've done so much work on winter range for mule deer, but that's only part of the component, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're looking at the importance of summer range from mule deer and it looks to be like, that's probably a huge, I mean, obviously you'd think it was maybe 50, 50, but but maybe it's much more than we've ever thought before, you know, and wildfire suppression has been, it's been terrible for mule deer uh, up top. Yeah, I mean
0: we're coming out of big droughts. Like it's like everybody remembers the big winter, but nobody remembers five, ten years of drought. Yeah. Right. right. And so you're like it just all of a sudden goes away in your head. And we've we've had a lot of droughts. A lot of droughts led to a lot of fires. A lot of fires opened up and essentially gave a a fire creates really good elk habitat and kind of hurts mule deer habitat in a certain way. Depending Depends on where it's where it is. at, I yeah. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Depends on where it is. On the winter range, hurts mule deer. For sure. And, but it benefits elk. Mm-hmm. And then on the summer range, I also think it hurts mule deer and benefits elk. You yeah. know, but the nice, yeah. well, the nice thing, maybe not summer range, because summer range, like during the summer, mule deer actually eat more forbs than browse. Yep, um, That's the only kind of time that their diet increases in forbs. Mm-hmm. And... So I guess on the summer range, fire in the summer range is okay for mule deer yeah. because I've hunted some places that fire in the summer range and the mule deer have done really well. But, yeah, fires and, and drought. Mule deer aren't great on drought. Man, they're bad. And they're yeah. rough, huh? <laughs> You know? Yeah, like, drought. Yeah, Drought's so, so, much,
1: so much gnarlier than I think on species. And it's like you're saying, everybody remembers winter kill. But it, it, if you get a winter kill on the back end of a drought or two years of drought, man, yep. you're in for a perfect storm with just real shit conditions from yonder for sure. Which is what we've had. Oh, yeah. yeah, sixteen seventeen. I mean, we had two real hard years of drought, and then just winter. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe it is good that you're going to give them a break for a year or two. Yeah, <laughs> go, go, go some shoot some milk, milk yeah. and, have,
0: and and you that's like watch what'll happen is I'll be like focusing. I just that's what I hate. I should gotta stop like focusing on something, but yeah. it's kind of. I, I've got. I'm cashing in elk points essentially, yep. gotcha. and I'm gonna have some good elk hunt or potentially good elk hunts, and oh, and then I'll see just giant mule deer everywhere. So
1: just <laughs> <laughs> put them in your back pocket.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: For the future.
0: Yep. And they do the same thing next year. I'm going after
1: those mule deer. Yeah. All yeah. elk. Yeah. Elk <laughs> everywhere now. One of the biggest bucks I ever saw was on a elk hunt in New Mexico, and I had an elk tag in my pocket. The unit that I was hunting in was 100 percent draw archery, and this. 190 inch maybe 200 just standing there at 45 yards just like hey what's up man never, I think I a tanker. never never seen a person before what are you doing just like hanging out and i was thinking man i would give anything to downgrade this tag i mean to shoot, yeah. you know but yeah it seems it does seem to go that way it seems like if you're hunting elk all you see is giant deer and vice versa yep yeah well, we, I appreciate your time. Do you
2: have other questions? No, no, I don't want to keep them too long. Yeah,
1: we've had you for over an hour, and I know you got uh, another, what, eight hours of straight talking? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll maybe hopefully let you save a little bit of voice. Ah, perfect. Well, we appreciate your time. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. It's, fun. it's always great talking to you guys.
0: It's good talking to you guys. That and I'm, I'm really glad that trail made
2: us breakfast this morning. So.
0: Yeah, that was a good breakfast. Yeah. Well, good, good job, Dad. It wasn't good. It was, well, it, it was better okay. than the soggy muffin I had but, yesterday. Yeah, chicken so. and
1: eggs and coffee? Yeah. I mean, come on, I can't Better than the alternative right yeah. no. You want to hit us with the promo code before we go? Oh.
2: Why are we doing these promos at the end again, trail remember For 10
1: minutes. I like to bait people in, keep them listening. Yeah. yeah. Yep, there you go. I'll, I want to reward the people that really are there yeah. for well, us. You should,
2: in the description,
0: be like, Remy gives away his secret spot in the last 30 <laughs> seconds yeah, of the yeah, podcast. Remy's right
1: top-nielding
2: Here's how you find my secret yep, spot. You, you use promo code podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sign up for an insider <laughs> this account. This is a guy that's done this before, <laughs> yeah, I feel like. <laughs> yep. Then we'll give you uh, 50 points back in the Go Hunt gear shop, which is $50 to spend on some cool and awesome gear. Mm-hmm. And it's research season, so you need it. That's right. Use it, find a hunt, go hunting, kill big animals, just t- chase an adventure, get that in your pocket. Quick question.
0: You yeah. 50 bucks. what piece of gear are you buying?
2: It's a great question. 50 bucks. uh, can I spend a little bit extra than 50 Because the thing that I really <laughs> loved <this laughs> last year,
1: <laughs> Brady's like a pair of Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Put <laughs> the
2: the, the Graxa boot dryer. I was thinking the same thing. So I, it's a little yeah. bit more, but I use that a lot this last year and it saved my bacon quite a bit having dry boots yep. every single day. Uh, it's especially putting them in a shelter. Actually and,
0: just talking to you about it, and then I had a client show up with them this year and so I just, I just bought some yeah.
2: um, the other day. But I would instantly put them towards that. Like being able to put them in a charge brick and that charge brick actually lasts a long time and it pushes out a lot of air but you combine that with a hot shelter yeah, phew, your boots are drying out every single night and That's your insoles nice. are then getting dry. That's nice a game though. changer.
1: Nice it's though. one of those simple things where back yeah. in
2: the day you're getting, you know, taking whatever newspaper on a hunt or whatever, shove it in there, try yep. to dry it or pulling everything off. And every morning it's still wet. Your feet are not wet anymore. You don't want yeah. to get trench foot. Right. I've <laughs> been,
0: I was on some wet hunts this last year. So that is now going to be a thing in my pack.
2: Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a little bit more than 50 bucks.
1: Yeah, okay. Good one. You trail i'm buying arrows i'm always buying arrows yeah, yeah like i can't ever buy enough arrows it feels Could you like miss I, all the time i mean i just do a lot of tinkering and then yeah i do miss some you know i'll I'll forget to die on my side at 100 and send one under or over or whatever and it just seems like i always need arrows yeah i, mean, I shoot a lot of robin hoods that's what it is i knew it yeah. like how i flipped that yeah yeah, yeah. just from a, from a negative to a positive yeah
0: that's why I, I actually got to put my targets separate targets every time. I never shoot groups, you know. because yeah. I just break too many yeah. arrows. Yeah. I just always st- the worst is when you get four or five arrows stacked into the back of each other, you know. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm and not then s- your yardage too. You know, the arrows get so close to you from hitting. The, yeah. S- the Robin hooding so many in a row, it's I'm, tough. I'm <laughs>
1: not smart enough to do that. I start <laughs> wadding them in there. I'm like, hell yes, let's put all twelve in that dot. <laughs> it looks you Look how cool.
0: And then let's see how the broadhead flies on the last one. And I you think to, like, that's gonna look so badass
1: on the ground. Look at me! Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I never do. But anyway, thank you for coming. Really appreciate yeah. it. We're out.